Welcome to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast, your place to learn how to run a profitable six-figure e-commerce business that gives you the financial freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Karen Parkinson, an e-commerce marketing mentor, Facebook ad specialist, speaker, and mum based in Hobart, Tasmania. With over 11 years experience in the industry, experience coaching hundreds of e-commerce business owners through my signature program, Ecom Igniter, and up to the minute insights from my Facebook ad agency, Unstoppable E-Commerce. I'm here to educate and empower you to create your own unstoppable e-commerce business. Click subscribe so you don't miss an episode and let's jump in. Today, I'm joined by Louise O'Reilly. Louise is a Warrenunga Aboriginal woman who focuses on cultural inclusion, diversity, and equity work for entrepreneurs. She's been helping me in my own business. You would have noticed a beautiful new acknowledgement of country, which she helped me create for this podcast. And we're working together and I've asked her to come on and share how you can be an inclusive, accessible, and equitable in your business. So please Join me in welcoming Louise. Before we begin today, I'd like to acknowledge the Palawa people of Lutruwira as the first people and custodians here through all of time. The warm, loving feeling of home is felt here and it's a testament to the nurturing and care you've provided this country for thousands of years. I pay respect to the elders and acknowledge them as the wisdom holders and the teachers of the Palawa community. So, Louise, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. I absolutely love having these types of conversations and I just know this conversation is going to help change the world even just a little bit and that's it one step at a time right Mm -hmm, exactly it was amazing to meet you in noosa at the heart-centered business conference i noticed they're nearly sold out already of next year's event so i'm glad i've nabbed my ticket me too yes (laughs) yay So your topic was all about using inclusion as a business asset. And I love that because so many people see it as something that they have to like tick a box or, oh, that's going to be so hard to do that. But really, if you can, you know, anything's better than nothing, but also if you can get it right, it can be a massive asset for your business. So we're going to chat more on that today. And if people are listening, what does it mean to be an equitable business? An equitable business. Oh, this is such a beautiful question. So an equitable business is when you have a business that recognizes that there are people with different levels of marginalization or privilege. And when you recognize there is a difference, you get to treat those people differently in order for everyone to get to the same level playing ground. So we're not talking about equality because equality is about treating every single person the same way. Equitability is an understanding that in social settings in our world as we live, not everyone is treated the the same way because of how we're born, how we look, our skin color, our race, all those different types of things. So being an equitable business is also about being so conscious of you know the different aspects and how people are treated differently and you're so right about like actually being aware of it yeah I feel like for some people and myself like I always thought of myself as like I'm not racist at all but then I also 
only surrounded myself with people who weren't racist. So then I didn't see the problem. Like it was kind of like in my little bubble, in my little circle, I'm not racist, my friends aren't racist, there mustn't be a racist problem anymore, you know? Yes. And then talking to you and others at the conference, I'm like my eyes were just open and I was like what I've actually done is just been really ignorant in my own little bubble and I think just because you're not attributing to the problem, you've got to be aware of the problem so that you can actually help make a difference in that. So yeah. I think that was a real eye-opener for me and kind of what I got away, got out of it all. And there's two parts to that too. So one part of it is we're humans and we can only take in a certain amount of information at a time. So quite often we'll only take in the things that confirm our belief systems and what we believe to be true in the world. And so quite often this racism and discrimination can be hidden in plain sight. We might see it, but it doesn't actually register through our filtering system. Um, so it can be happening around us all the time, but we just don't see it because it might not be part of our belief system that these racist kinds of things do happen all these discriminations do happen in our world and then another part of it is sometimes we may be contributing to the harm or the racism or the discrimination in some form but we're actually not aware of it because we're not sure of the things that we're saying or how we're behaving and we're not sure how it actually impacts marginalized communities there are many many things that we are taught in our society are normal or okay to do but when you actually talk to those marginalized communities they'll inform you no that thing that everyone seems to think is okay actually isn't so there's lots of unintentional harm being caused by seemingly you know really kind-hearted well-meaning people so finding those blind spots through our unconscious bias is really important work to do yes and I love that. Like, I always thought equality was a good thing, but I didn't understand the difference between equality and equity. And the, the words, I think, you know, in my vocabulary, I just use them interchangeably. Yes. So it was really good to go, oh, hang on, that's not right. And I've seen a meme about it, and it's where the shortest little boy can't see over the fence. Yes. And then yep. there's a taller one that can just see, and then there's the parent who can see easily. They're like watching a boarding game or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like equality is giving them all the same size step. So yeah. the dad just got taller, the other little boy, even better view, but the little one still can't see because yes, his exactly. little step doesn't actually get him to where yes. he needs to be. And then it says equality and then they've all got different size steps to get them the exact same view. Yeah. So and I was equity. like, oh, equity, sorry, yes. yes. Oh, I'm like, see, I've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so visually that was a really great way of explaining it so I'll have to put the meme in the show notes um but what we want is for everyone to have that level playing field and yeah. whether that be you know all being able to purchase from your business or all being able to use your products or services and that might not be the case for everyone so mm-hmm. what are some ways as an e-commerce business that we can be you know more inclusive Yeah, there are so many different ways you can do it. And one of the ways you can look at it is looking at what are all the different types of marginalizations that there are. So you can look at different like privilege slash oppression spectrums. There could be things like in terms of disability. There could be things in terms about being neurodivergent or neurolinear. There could be things about genders, sexuality, all those kinds of different things, skin colour, body size, all that is sits in that privileged system. And when you're looking at it and going, okay, 
if we look at that oppressed end of that scale, is there something that that client of mine who might fit into that category might need? Is there something that I'm doing that might actually create a challenge or a barrier for them to access me? And if so, how can I either one, reduce that challenge or barrier in some way or get rid of it altogether? Because the next step, you've got that equality, you've got equity, but then another one is actually liberation, And liberation is about removing the barrier entirely so that we don't actually need to treat people differently. They're totally okay exactly the way they are. I love that. So we've got a long way to go as a nation, as a world, uh, people to get to that liberation stage. So give us some actionable things that Mm -hmm. someone listening might be able to do to, to sort of work towards that end of the spectrum. Sure. So some things that you can do, the very first thing that I suggest you do is to start looking at your own privilege and what that means and how that privilege might be um, or how you're showing up with that privilege, how you might be contributing to the problem rather than creating positive change or being inclusive. Um You can do little things in business too. So while you're doing that kind of work, there are little actions that you can do in business. And I always encourage you to just think of it as one step, one step, one step. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be bold. It doesn't have to be loud. Little changes compound and make a difference in the world. So just things like making sure you have like captions on your videos, uh, making sure they're always set up to auto generate and making sure you're going back through and editing them. So anyone who requires captions can read whatever you're, you're saying um you know little things like you can provide transcripts um some things could be in like onboarding forms what do you ask what kinds of questions are you asking in those things are you asking um about someone's culture like for me because i'm an aboriginal woman i love it when it says who's your mob if applicable Because it means that you see Aboriginal people and you're wanting to know more about who I am because the basis of who I am is my Aboriginality. So I can tell you who my mob is. It is doing things that really get you to have conversations with your clients and going, is there something that you need of me or something that I'm doing that needs to change to be able to support you in a better capacity. Because it really is about creating connection with your clients about having really beautiful relationships and understanding this is a whole human being and the way I'm operating my business might be a little bit hard for them to to come into. Um, another way that I like to work is I like doing video uh, because lots of my clients love video and they love short form video. So that's how I deliver my stuff. Um, It could be something like, you know, uh, your clients really tech savvy. Have you got like a tech heavy application process or journey, customer journey? And if so, is there some way you can humanize it a little bit more? Is there an option for them to just contact you and say, look, I'm finding this very difficult. Can I just call you and ask, have a quick conversation about this? Because I'm finding it very challenging just to get through this tech stuff. I don't know how to do it. Things like having walls of words. For me, 
I won't work with businesses who have walls of words because having too many words is just too confronting for me and I would rather just go click out. I will find someone else who works in more of a way that supports the way my brain works and functions. And that's what's so important. Like e-commerce is very visual and sometimes you see these huge long descriptions and I'm like, just shorten that down, have a few dot points, yeah. have a read more tab for people that love all that, you know, yeah. all the words, but I'm, I just want the photos and yeah. show as much detail as you can in those photos yeah. and videos. These days, you know, you can showcase product videos these days. Yeah, the, and there are so many different ways you can do it and looking at different aspects like um, with business because it is often financially an exchange of money between client and business owner. Sometimes part of that oppressed end is that people don't have enough money. And when you have marginalization, sometimes what it can do is it can overlap. You can have um, someone who's, you know, maybe got dark skin who also identifies in the LGBTQIA plus community who also might be uh, non-binary, who might also have been born in an area that is not seen as a great area. You know, all these different things stack on top of each other. So the chances of them having access to funds which they can spend on services or advancement or you know up leveling themselves in some way is greatly decreased because of that so when you consider that happening with your clients and these can be your ideal perfect soul mate clients who need what you do love you love what you do you're still communicating it's still the basis of communication and making sure that When you are selling your thing, you're communicating to that person. And if you don't understand that person, what wires them, they're not going to buy. I love one of the things that Australia Post started a couple of years ago is they now accept Aboriginal place names. So it can be something as small as allowing your customers to use those Mm -hmm. and making that known, like in your checkout process, feel free to put your, you know, traditional place name. Mm -hmm. And that way, you know, it makes... I, I, do you like it? I guess asking you, I don't want to assume for you. Yeah. When you can do that. I love it because it's that recognition of existence. And I think that is something that many marginalized communities want is to begin with just a recognition that the community exists. Yeah. And with that recognition is also shows that they're also valued. They're worth valuing because we're, t- we're taking steps to make sure that that recognition is happening. Another way to recognise people, I guess, is diversity in models. Mm-hmm. One thing, and like I'm very low on the spectrum, but even as a plus size person, if I go to a website and they're all really, really slim, I can't picture what I'm going to look like yes. in those clothing. But now we go to website, Proud Poppy is fantastic for this. And there's women of different shapes, different sizes, different skin colors, different nationalities, different abilities. You know, some of their models are in wheelchairs. Some of them Mm -hmm. are amputees. And it's just like, I can imagine if you've never seen yourself, you know, on the screen, that must be such a great brand thing for connecting with that brand a lot more. And that's where it comes into like using it as a brand asset, Mm -hmm. like just 
acknowledging that everyone's different you know it's not all size eight blondes and I have nothing against size eight blondes either but just having that diversity in what we see in mainstream in social media and tv and on websites when you're trying to sell if you want to be able to sell to a diverse audience of people you need to show that absolutely I mean this is what we talk about when we say representation There's a lack of representation of so many different groups of people and there is a massive over-representation of a certain group of people. Um, And that certain group of people tend to fit in the stereotypical privileged system ideal of what is attractive or what is beautiful. Are you excited for the new mermaid movie? The new Little Mermaid? Yes, yes. And what interesting conversations have been had around that and the upset it has caused is... Ridiculous. I want to say unbelievable, but at the same time it's not unbelievable that that it's happening, Um, especially around a mermaid being black. It is... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you get past the fact that she's got a mermaid tail and, you know... She can change them to legs and she can sing underwater, but the colour of her skin is what's stopping you. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Yeah. It speaks volumes. It speaks volumes about the level of discrimination there is and the f- how much upset there is in terms of racial stuff. It's quite terrible, but the fact that it's happening and um, just watching all the children's faces to see that there is a real life Ariel coming, a real life little mermaid. That's the magic of it. If you follow Colour Me Courtney, I'm trying to find her other, they brought out a whole Instagram account just to celebrate the new Disney movie and the fact that they had the representation in that movie. I can't find it while I'm on here now, but Colour Me Courtney is the They've also changed they've also changed one of the wordings of the song. So you know how Sebastian will sing Kiss the Girl and he goes, It don't don't what how does it go? Um it don't take a word, not a single word, go on and kiss the girl. But now it's changed to go ahead and use your words, ask her, go and kiss the girl. Oh. So it's about consent as well, yeah. which is really, really good. I was just like, yes, this is hitting the mark on so many levels in this movie. It's a pity that she does still change herself for a man. But, you know, yes. Frozen got it better there. Yes. <laughs> but I guess it wouldn't have been a remake if it was this entirely different story oh well it wouldn't be a remake if it was the real story yeah the real story didn't end so nicely true yeah and I think this is just you know that's obviously on a huge scale with big budgets and movies but just as a small brand selling online you can still make a difference yeah for sure and just think of marginalized people and even if you just start with one group and move to the next and like little steps Mm -hmm. as you say one step one step if you can just make their lives you know by being a little bit more equitable Mm -hmm. no yes yes equitable (laughs) equitable (laughs) and you know seeing themselves on you know your website in your products bonds have a really strong tie to the lgbtqi a plus community mm-hmm. and that's part of their whole brand values now and if you go and look on their social media 
a lot of their models fit into that community. And it's not something that they just celebrate during Mardi Gras. It's something that they celebrate all year round. And I think that's another thing to mention is that it's, it's not okay to jump on these bandwagons, you know, on Australia Day and say we're against Australia Day but you're only going to talk about it on one day of the year yeah. or jump on, you know, NADOC week and then forget about the community for the rest of the year or yeah. Mardi Gras or whatever it might be. And that actually there brings are... up trauma for people. I personally have trauma around that kind of behaviour. Um, in school I really recognised that there was a lack of representation or acknowledgement or celebration of Aboriginal people and culture in that space. Um, but then come na- NADOC day NADOC week or harmony day a week and then suddenly you are front and center being showcased to the world and expected to perform almost like a show monkey it's really unusual look at us we're diverse yeah and it's um what I thought to begin with oh they just don't see us they just don't see us but then I realized they do see us, they're choosing to ignore us, they're choosing to exclude us. So that's a whole different type of pain that you experience with that. So it is something that it doesn't, it, it can be part of everything that you do. It doesn't have to just be let's talk about inclusion or let's talk about equity or let's talk about diversity. It doesn't have to be on the topic, but it's when you're using your language, how are you using your language? Is it an inclusive way of doing that? Um, how are you sourcing your products? Are you making mm. sure those products are coming from um, businesses who are treating their workers fair? Um, is is it sourced ethically? Um, are those places involved in things like cultural appropriation? What is the money? What did what do those businesses support? Do they support other that whole great supply things? chain is so important. Yeah. And conscious consumerism yes. is growing and growing and growing. And people care yep. now. They yep. care where their products are coming from. They care how yeah. they're made. They care how the people are treated. Yes. And there are so many um, amazing business owners. And is it the hashtag buy black or there's a Instagram account? which showcases First Nation-owned businesses that you can support. Yeah, there's certainly um, um, Black Business, I think, is one. Um, But there's so many different ways you can do it. But it is being really conscious about where you're sourcing things, what you're selling, why you're selling them. And particularly I do want to talk about that cultural appropriation side because there is such a romantic fascination with um, people's cultures other than Western culture and taking that and using it and profiting from it. Whereas every culture is beautiful. Something I have found in just my observation, there is almost like this culture of whiteness or all like the Western communities and civilizations have all just been thrown into like one big pot, right? And you go on, this is a culture, but it's really not. It's just everyone who has the same color skin has kind of been thrown in. And this system that, this privileged system has stripped back all of your language, 
all of the dance, all the art, all the heritage and the stories, strip the ancestors, strip back, I don't know, like your rituals. And it's taken so much from people in that community, so much. And that's the stuff that you can really elevate and learn about and enjoy and celebrate and sell because it's part of you. It's part of your culture. So let's talk about like, and I, and I love that we can have the hard conversations because you don't judge me for asking stupid questions, but <laughs> they're not. Stupid. what about when I like, whenever I see people that are selling, say Aboriginal art and they're not Aboriginal mm-hmm. and if it's sourced from, you know, reselling somebody who is fine, but what about the ones that aren't? The ones that aren't, um, and it depends also, this is where you come into a little bit of the difficulty and you start to see difference in power. So at the moment, the power of the law doesn't necessarily support people with different cultures. So you might see it and you might morally think this is wrong and the community thinks morally this is wrong and we don't like it, but sometimes the law doesn't back doing anything about it. And that's that difference in power. But what you can certainly do is when you see those things, if they are advertising as if they are um, authentic artworks and things like that you can report them to the australian consumer commission for sure if you're in australia and i'm unsure if there are similar bodies in other areas but reporting those things um you can also have uh places where you can sometimes check to see if they are aboriginal owned or operated there's places like supply nation has a lot of aboriginal businesses that are registered with them so they'll say they can help make that decision and find out whether they are or aren't then it's not a requirement if you are an Aboriginal business to register with them. It's just something that can help along that process. But speaking up about it is certainly something and letting them know this is not okay what you're doing and also speaking about it in your own business going, I don't support people culturally appropriating another culture's artwork or, you know, whatever items they're selling. There's plenty of people that are creating that, that you can support, that you could sell their products, yeah. you know, you could wholesale them, you can be yep. posting about them and sharing their artworks and getting people to buy from the true source Yes, that there's no need to be supporting people that are like, ripping it off, really. Yeah, yeah, and creating beautiful partnerships. Um, exactly, and, yeah. you know, in a way that, that feels good. It's a way of supporting these amazing artists or Um, whatever their craft is, supporting them and going, this is actually quite amazing. I love it so much that I would love to help you share it into the world. Would you like to partner with me in this particular way? And I've seen some beautiful partnerships even recently of, you know, purchasing the license to use that fabric on clothes, but then obviously selling it with the artist's name and photo and story alongside and create beautiful yeah what i'm what i've been talking about recently and especially in terms of artworks and um things like prints on clothes is moving towards like a um it's like a 
social industry. I can't quite remember what the, the term for it is, but it's where it's an actual partnership. So every single time the business profits from the artwork, the artist also profits. So it's not yes. a case of yes. I've purchased your artwork, now it is mine and I have the rights to use it forevermore. It's more like I value you as an artist and every time this sells, I'm benefiting from it. So I'm going to make sure you're continuing to benefit from this as well. Social enterprise, that's the word. Yeah, that's how a partnership should be. When when you're using somebody else's artwork, no matter what background, I think, you know, if you're making money, so should they. Yep, yep. True Um, partnership. Have you seen the new... Not contracting. Have you seen the new Air Jordan movie? No. It's about Nike. And the side note here, uh, so it's on Netflix, I think, one of those. And it was about Nike and how they first got Michael Jordan uh, with the Air mm-hmm. Jordans. And he was the first sports person, it was his mother, that stood up for him and said, well, no, if you're going to sell this with my son's name and my son's picture on it, every time you sell a pair, we're going to get a percentage yes. of that. And they were like, no, no, that's not how it's done in the industry. It's like, well, yeah. it is now. If you want my son, this is how it's exactly. going to be. And that then opened up for so many more athletes to, it changed the whole industry to come out and go, well, actually, if you're going to profit from mm-hmm. us, we want to profit too. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of the paving the way in that sense, but it should be the same for artists, yes. I think. Yes, in any aspect. I mean, um, when you're wanting to work with people, surely you want it to be a mutually beneficial you know, venture together. And if you're coming yeah. at it going, oh, I only want to benefit in this way, maybe reconsider whether you How want to do I it. can I make money from yeah. you? <laughs> maybe don't do it because yeah. we're phasing out people like you. Businesses like that won't last very long. <laughs> yeah. And I think that also comes under if you are doing something to try and be more equitable, you don't need to shout it from the no. rooftops. If you're doing it for the attention and if you're doing it to get a pat on the back, that's not the right reason to do it. You know, you can start implementing some of these things and just make it matter of fact, like it's just part of your business now and keep making moves and keep making steps. It's not a process that's just done and dusted. Everywhere that you can start to be, you know, more accessible for your customers of all backgrounds, don't even tell anyone, just keep doing it, you know. Whereas you see some people that, you know, and that's what we're saying, you know, using inclusion as a brand asset, but not as a marketing tool, like not as a, oh, come and support me because I'm doing this or that. That's kind of like an icky way yes, to do it. Yes, I think. absolutely. And, you know, the beauty that role modeling has, you can just decide in your business that, you know, you might not even know if your business is inclusive or not inclusive, but a decision you could make right now is going, I would like to find out if it is, if there are any opportunities for me to be more inclusive or be more accessible and just role modeling the learnings that you get, the way you share your products, the way you use your words, those things are role modeling a different way of doing business and being in business. And people will start to pick up on that and go, oh, I like the way this feels what is going on here? And then um, sure enough, people will ask (laughs) at some point, people ask, what is going on? And you say, oh, I'm just working on doing the, you know, work behind the scenes. I'm working on unpacking my privilege and 
um, becoming aware of my unconscious biases and sorting them out, managing them, and I'm taking the time to look at how I can be more inclusive in my business and I'm taking action where where I can. Um, and it's that's all it needs to be. Yeah, I love that. And if people are wanting to dig deeper and maybe they need a little bit of help to see where maybe they're not being inclusive, where can they find you? They can find me in lots of different places, but the the place I'm probably (laughs) most active is on my Facebook page, my TikTok. So you can find me louiseoreilly.theshield and theconch on Facebook. And on TikTok, it's at louise underscore O'Reilly. But of course, you can find me on Instagram and my website is louiseoreilly.com.au. And we will link all of those in the show notes. So don't worry if you didn't scribble those down. I said them really quick. <laughs> now, one, <laughs> one thing that you might have noticed with this episode, and I'm trying not to do what I just said not to do, <laughs> but is that I have a new acknowledgement of country. For a very long time, I had that acknowledgement of country, but I was so worried about getting it wrong that I did the very stock standard, very boring, kind of government scripted acknowledgement of country. And one of the beautiful things that Louise does is that you can book half an hour of her time and she will help you to create one that is uniquely you and really far more from the heart and relevant to, I guess, you or your business. So if you are somebody that might be like me and was so worried about getting it wrong that you didn't sort of make it any kind of emotion or any uniqueness to it because you didn't want to stuff it up, then I can highly recommend that service. It was an amazing uh, experience with you and it was great to talk it through. And I think we are, when we are trying to do the work, also so scared of getting it wrong. And you just provided that safe space where I could ask those questions that I probably wouldn't have dared asked out loud anywhere else. And you were able to say to me, yeah, of course you can say that. Or no, maybe we wouldn't word it like that. So even if it's not about your acknowledgement of country, if it's anything that you're wanting to maybe put on your website or write on social media, or maybe you're thinking about doing something to support the Aboriginal community in particular, and you're wanting to make sure that actually you're doing it in a nice way and in a way that's not offensive to anyone and actually is being more inclusive, then I highly recommend that you jump on a call with Louise because I really, really enjoyed our session together. Oh, me too. It was a whole bunch of fun. I love doing them. And absolutely, I, I'm i so glad that you, you said that you felt like it was a really supportive, welcoming space where you could ask those questions because that is exactly the type of thing. That's exactly the type of space I want to set up. I want business owners to know they can come and ask me the questions and I'm not going to judge in that space. I will lovingly say, that's totally okay to ask. Let's talk this through. Or you know what? It's maybe not quite okay to say this in this way. And it's like a really loving way of going, You know, like, how dare you? Yeah, Yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing that ever goes. You should feel bad about doing that. It's kind of like I totally get that you have this curiosity around this question. Let's work through it together. Which is amazing. And I know that you're bringing out a new resource, which is not out yet, and I'm probably not allowed to talk about it, but (laughs) it is a membership where business owners can be part of your world and your community and have a space space 
ongoing to kind of throw those questions at you, bring up topics, maybe something's happening in the media and you want to know as a business owner, is it okay to have my say on this or is it something that I should leave for others in your community or, and I even know you were talking about even bringing some elders in to chat and I just think it's an amazing opportunity and it's at such a low cost that you're going to be doing this for people to... If you are at all interested in really, you know, unpacking your privilege and working on being more equitable, then this is a no-brainer. And I know you're collecting wait lists at the moment. Is that right? Yes, I am. And because it is such a low price, I do have to have a minimum amount of people interested before I can actually go ahead with it because otherwise it's, it's not financially viable for me to even do. But I really want to do this it's a space where you know people can learn how to speak in a way and show up in business in a way that prevents causing harm to others it's a space where you can learn how to facilitate safe and welcoming and inclusive welcome people in a safe inclusive and welcoming way and it can also help people and guide you how to create positive change through your business because your business is unique you are unique your values your wants your dreams desires are and when you really tap into those you can create change that actually moves the needle because it comes from the power within you. There's something so powerful with that when it actually is aligned rather than saying all the things and it just being part of the white noise. Yeah, for sure. So I don't usually plug things on the podcast, but I think that this is really important work and <laughs> I will be linking that up in the show notes as well so that everyone can jump on that wait list and show their interest because I'm going to be in there and I think it's such important work that you're doing. So thank you very much for giving us that safe space to do that and ask all those uncomfortable sometimes questions and you know having that really nurturing approach to answering them for us. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for the invite to be speaking here. Thank you so much for the plug. I (laughs) made my heart melt a little bit when you said that. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Louise. I will link up in all the notes and links in the show notes and people can jump in and uh, ask you, you know, via Facebook if they've got any other questions or hook you up via your website. For sure. Thank you.